0: Good morning, everybody. Uh, Welcome, online community. If this is your first time, my name is John. I'm the pastor here at the Gathering Place Church. If you're visiting here for the first time, my name is John, pastor of the Gathering Place Church. And uh, today I want to talk about where we have been as a church, especially since the shutdown, uh, where we are, where we come from, where we are, and where we're headed. So today I'm calling this a State of the Church Address. And uh, the great news about the church is the mission of the church has remained the same since Jesus rose from the dead. Even through the pandemic, believe it or not, the mission hasn't changed. And it's real simple. Here it is. Jesus came to them and said, all power. Everybody say all power. all power. COVID is not more powerful than Jesus. Amen. All Say all power. all power. All power has in heaven and on earth. And by the way, if you want to know who's in charge, it's not the devil. All power <laughs> in heaven and on earth. We're good. We're good. All power in heaven and on earth is given to me, Jesus said. Therefore, everybody say therefore. Therefore. Go and make followers of all people in the world. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach them to obey everything that I've taught you. And I will be with you always, even until the end of this age. The church has survived and thrived in every season on the planet, good and bad. In fact... When the church is persecuted, it spreads even faster. Did you know that? We don't need a a, a culture that is favorable to Christianity for the church to thrive. Now, why do you think that would be? Why does a church expand faster under persecution? The light shines in the darkness. What, Mark? We need him more. Like at the church, the underground church in China and in Vietnam and other places in the world is like wildfire. We support uh, a, a couple there. We can't call them by their real names. They oversee hundreds of thousands of believers and 26,000 youth a day are getting baptized, water baptized. Yeah. He came here to RB a number of years ago and he showed me a, a, a video. I and mean, he was looking around like this before he opened up his laptop. And I mean, he was seriously scared. And uh, he showed me this video of this underground church and all these youth with their hands raised, the power of God pouring out on them. The church has always survived and thrived and always will, no matter what season we are in. So this is our season, and this is our time as the Gathering Place Church. And the result of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, which is happening in different parts of the nation right now, right? Asbury College, if you've seen that, if not, go online, look at Asbury College. There's an outbreak of the Holy Spirit happening right now in the nation, and it's starting to spread. It's an answer to our prayers. About every hundred years, Gary did some research on this. About every hundred years, there is a move of God. There's an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. There's a revival, and we're due for another one, like chronologically. And the result of an outpouring of the Holy Spirit is changed lives. That's the product. And the kingdom of God changed lives. Amen. The gospel of Jesus Christ changes lives. And here's even better news. This church, the Gathering Church, not only has survived, but is thriving. And against the backdrop, and I'm so thankful for this, because against the backdrop of in 2019, 4,500 churches closed their doors in America. And that was before COVID. During the pandemic, 25% of pastors either quit or were on the verge of quitting. And churches closing the doors because of decision fatigue and the political fighting and the fighting over masks and vaccines, broken relationships. It literally ravaged the church. And they couldn't recover logistically or financially once it opened up i'm so thankful for this facility i mean we started in the pandemic we went from thriving at at mount carmel high school in the theater i mean it was just we were just rocking and then bam COVID hit and we end up in my living room with my wife and my six kids or i think maybe five of them because Elliot wasn't living at home that was my congregation on the couch on sunday mornings that's a tough crowd And the first Sunday, you know, uh, you know, I'm trying to set up the iPod with the iPhone, you know, and, and we went live and the iPhone, you know, it was upside down. And so the service is upside down. People are turn the phone over. You know, it's like, oh my gosh, this is so podunk. Right. And then, and then the, and then the morning my wife preached, she's preaching and our cat jumps up behind her onto the table, right in live, you know, church. I mean. And I'm trying to learn social media and I'm, you know, it's like, oh my, this is, and then we went from my living room up to my rec room and Josh and I would turn my rec room into a studio. And, uh, in fact, check out, check out this quick video that, uh, Michaela put together for us, uh, just this week, real quick, take a look at where we've been, where we are. And I'll talk about where we're headed. over the last six months, we have, we have experienced a surge of the Holy Spirit's presence and activity in our body. We have over 30 people uh, consistently showing up for pre-service prayer. That's, that's incredible. So it's for a church our size. People joining connect groups or on one of our ministry dreams In our spiritual growth course, we've had since COVID, we've had 31 people go through our one-on-one which is getting into the gathering place and making this their church home. We've had 14 people, are, uh, 14 people go through 201, which is developing your spiritual habits so you can grow closer to God. We've had 19 people go through the spiritual gifts course, and 20 people go through the 401 of learning how to lead somebody to Christ. Now, those aren't big numbers, but we're not trying to grow a big church. We're trying to grow a big people. And, and big people will naturally end up growing a big church because big people invite other people into their experience. And we have had that happening again and again and again and again and again, and again. I mean, here's just some that have gotten saved since we moved here or gotten water baptized or saved since we come to the, come out of COVID, right? Aiden, right back here. Raise your hand, Aiden. Aiden gave his life to Jesus here. Elvis got saved here. Raise your hand, Elvis. He got saved right here. And, uh, Michaela got delivered, right? You got set free girl. Woo. That was just so awesome. And Donnie, you got, you got set free and your life was so restored. If I can say this, and she's already given her testimony. It was so broken. You were in such a broken place that the restoration that the Lord has done with you was so profound that Donnie who works with you said to you, how can you be okay after all you've been through? And so Donnie came and gave his life to Jesus. (laughs) Amen. See how that's working? Kenya, the first salvation since we came to Lexus. Raise your hand, Kenya. Come on. She works for Lexus, and she was here just to be our liaison, but she got sucked in to the deep end. So awesome. And then your uh, co-partner, Karen, your co-worker, Karen, she also got saved here. And uh, Raheel... Who was a former Muslim gave his life to Christ, and now he is so on fire. He's going back to Pakistan to reach his people for Jesus. And uh, and Tiffany, who was a former Buddhist, who came to the gathering place, and she was discipled by Stephanie, and she gave her life to Christ, and she got water baptized. Christian's friend, uh, Christian Madrid, they must be doing the middle school today. Um, Uh, Let his friend of the Lord, got water baptized. Hope, Joy, Zoe, and April all got water baptized, right? Did all four of you get water baptized? No? Huh? April didn't. You better, you better, you better let her know. So three of the four, Uh, Naomi and Eva got water baptized, right? That was awesome. Huh? Huh? Only Eva? Okay, you know what? I'm I'm, going to be evangelistic today. You stretch it. Only Eva. Let me see who else we got here. Christian and Isabel got water baptized at the peak of the pandemic in the ocean, and they led one of their friends, the Lord, who got water baptized. Jerry led his friend to the Lord, and water baptized him. Right, Jerry? Yeah. Jerry goes... Uh, John and Malika got saved here. They live right in the apartments right there. They came over here, gave their life to the Lord, got water baptized. My daughter, Ava got water baptized. Andalyn Mims got water baptized. Christopher and Sophia Jordan got water baptized. I got that one right. Okay. Amen. Your two kids got two of your kids got water. Uh, Mary Paplava's grandchildren. Your kids got water baptized, right, Ryan? (laughs) That awesome in the ocean. And, uh, the lady at the Vatican that you and I led to the Lord right in front of the Pope's house. That was awesome. And, uh, and then just this week, um, this is about changed lives. That's what we're all about. It's not about church. It's about changed lives. So this, so Tuesday night, Hope and I go to Valentine's, uh, on a Valentine's date to Benny And, uh, we're just sitting there and there's an 18 year old and a 19 year old, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, he's still in high school at La Hoya high school. And he's got his girlfriend who graduated last year. And they started engaging a conversation with us. And she, he asked me, what do you do? And I said, well, I'm a pastor. And he, he actually said this, he said, what would you say to a young person who wants to experience Jesus? So they ended up in the backseat of our car in the parking lot because it was cold and rainy, and you, you know, I'm not going to lead him to the Lord right there in Benihana's, right? And I, I thought, this is going to be really awkward, but I know he wants to come to Jesus. And if I say, hey, you want to get in our car? I thought, that's going to be really weird, but I'm going to do it anyway, because I'm not going to miss an opportunity. So we're in the lobby, and I said, Ben, they were supposed to be here today, by the way, but they lost their keys last He texted me this morning, said he lost the keys of the car, so you know who that is. But anyway, I said, Ben, do you, you want to experience Jesus, don't you? And he said, I do, like that. I said, you guys want to go get in our car? And they're like, yes. I was like, okay. And so that we get in our car, and I'm like, it's, I have an SUV, so it's kind of awkward, right, to... To reach back there. And I said, I don't care, Ben, give me your hand. I'm not going like this. And I led him to the Lord. And then I said, okay, uh, Vega, give me your hand. And she rededicated her life to the Lord. And I thought, I want to get my hands on them. And so they get baptized in the Holy Spirit, but it will be really weird if I get in the back seat and I do this. Right. <laughs> so I thought, I don't care. I said, Ben, r- lean your head up. And he goes, huh? I said, just lean up. And he goes like this. I laid my big old gorilla mitt on his head and I, and I prayed, for the Holy Spirit to come on him. And I said, All right. I said, Vega, lean your head up. And I went like this and it's, I'm leaning my hand on her. And I said, okay, what did you guys experience? And Vega goes, I felt this wave come over me. She said, I've never experienced anything like that in my life. And Ben goes, me too. I mean, it was so powerful. It was so awesome. We're going to see that over and over and over and over and over again. Some people pray for opportunities. I don't, I just take them. There are opportunities all around you and me every day. You've got to be bold and step out and you'll see God work. Lily, a gal gave her life to the Lord here during, uh, since we've moved in here, she, she sent me an email. I'm going to read her email too. Cause this is all about changed lives. Before I gave my life to Jesus, I was feeling lonely and lost. I had a good job, surrounded by family and friends. I didn't enjoy being alone, and most of the time, I was going out just not to be alone. I always knew there was a higher power, but I didn't want to return to the religion I had previously. I wasn't looking for Jesus, but when I met Corvin, there you are. This is Lily I'm talking about right here in church. There she is. When I met Corvin, I thought I'd met Jesus himself. Oh, no, that's not what i <laughs> She's going, mm. I did not write that. When I met Corvin, I felt there was something different about him. We continued getting to know each other, and later he told me about this church that he was a part of. I was a little bit reluctant to go, but he assured me this church was different from the previous churches I had been before. We are the best church in town. You know that, right? Okay. Just checking. I'm kidding. By the way, Miles McPherson texted me this morning before church saying we've got to get the pastors back together and see what Jesus wants to do in San Diego. We're not competing. There's one church. It's called the Church of San Diego. There's one church in San Diego. I was a little bit reluctant to go and be assured... Uh, but he assured me the church was different one day Corbin introduced me to pastor John. He talked about salvation and how it isn't something that we can buy or earn. It's a free gift. It was the first time I'd ever heard that in America. The first day I went to church, everyone was so welcome, and the music was different and inspiring. People were singing happily, and the sermon made me feel lighter. I started meeting with Stephanie and learned more about Jesus. In a few sessions, I decided to give my life to God. I had my baptism five weeks ago, and since then, I don't feel alone anymore because you're not, and and I'm more optimistic about my future and working and new goals, and I will follow God's plan for me. Isn't that awesome? Yeah, that's awesome. And then one last one. Again, this is all about changed lives. This is from someone that's part of our online community who used to be at the gathering place, and they moved to North Carolina, and she wrote me this. Hello, Pastor John. Praise report. Ray and I, Ray and Sylvia Ziegler, what? Well, Michaela, who disappeared. I hope she didn't get raptured. That's bad news for all the rest of us. Michaela's dad and stepmom wrote this. Ray and I have been listening to your daily posts, online Sunday messages, and fasting and agreeing with GPC for restoration of 2023. We are blessed to be able to participate long distance from North Carolina. When we moved here 18 months ago, Ray took a notable cut in pay and position. His first job was a train wreck of a horrible boss who belittled Ray, showing no appreciation or honor of his talents and character. Ray left that job saying he had never been treated that badly as a boss in his working career. And they are fasting and praying for restoration with us this year. And he said, fast forward to this month, after being intensely pursued by the senior managing director of operations and the East Coast director of engineering, Ray has accepted and started a position as senior chief engineer of assets with Cushman Wakefield for the greater Raleigh area. He oversees a team of 10 engineers, 5 million square foot of property, and is being paid accordingly. Use of a full-size truck, in parentheses, a wink from God for a guy who's 6'4" including gas. On its first day, the director of engineering flew in from Florida to introduce Ray to the team, showing him honor. Praise God, all honor and glory to him. He restored Ray above and beyond. We are continuing to pray for restoration in other areas for us, as well as for the GPC family. Thank you for diligently listening to God and sharing the 2023 word with us. We appreciate and love you and hope Ray and Sylvia Ziegler. Isn't that awesome? Okay, that was our in reach. I just read a testimony from your dad and your your uh, stepmom. Yeah, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. That was our in reach since COVID. Here's one of the things I'm most excited about: is because of your faithful giving, we have been able to be consistent with our outreach. We never want to be an introverted church, an inward-only church. We want to be reaching the world with the gospel, right? So even since COVID our local and international outreaches missionaries and missions organizations we did we pray san diego we're believers on their knees in 11 different locations in san diego county with 18 mayors including the mayor of san diego uh the police chief were all out on our knees praying during covid for restoration of our city and our nation what i wish my parents knew which is the relationship between us and the public school system. Look, over 10 years ago, I went to the principal of Poway High School to represent a number of relational churches, uh, churches that have a relational network. And we just want to know how we can serve you. So we began that relationship with them. After the pandemic, they called us and said, we want to reconnect with the churches. When I first met with him, I said, what do you, what, what, what is the, how does the public school system view the churches? And he said, you really want to know? And I said, yeah. He said, you guys are a pain in the ding, ding, ding. I said, really? He goes, oh, you asked. I said, no, I really want to know. What is our reputation? Now they are calling us. Our reputation has shifted because of us serving our community that's huge. We did a movie night here uh, with over 40 non-GPC families attended. We did Alabaster Jar, which was reaching out to those who have been rescued from the, uh, from the uh, sex trafficking. Bridge builders, uh, Afghan refugees. We did a housewares drive for them and Mark and Corvin are teaching English as the second language to them still. Thanksgiving food drive, we did North County Community Food and Prayer, we did the rocket launch in the park, we support K-Love Radio so that we can have worship music going out over our city, Operation Christmas Child, Uh, Mark Myers led that uh, for us this year, and the center provided a room at no charge. I love the partnership we have with uh, the center here. Food packaging, we did uh, 10,000 packs of food that went overseas, Thrivent which uh, Michael's here today, a Thrivent representative. He'll be in the lobby afterwards to talk to you if you'd like to learn more about Thrivent, as a, as a nonprofit Christian financial firm who um, they have such a unique um, setup, the structure of their organization. And they, instead of paying taxes, they have to give what they would pay to the government away. To Christian organizations, and the and the, the the statute is they can only give the money away to Christian organizations. Is that incredible? How much money did Thrive and give out last year? Two point six million. Two point six million dollars. Rather than going to the government, went back into Christendom. Can I hear an amen? Yeah. So you'll learn more about that in just a little bit. But they paid for the ten thousand packages of food we just supplied. Lexus supplied the room. They supplied the food, and then we supplied the man and woman power and the child power, not child labor. Okay. We did the labor. All right. We as a family. And then Embrace Grace, we just launched, which is helping gals who had unplanned pregnancies uh, carry the pregnancies to fruition. We're also able to maintain our financial support of all of our missionaries. Mario and Esther Hernandez from Mexico. We got a picture here of Mario and Esther. Yeah. Mario and Esther Hernandez. They're our church in TJ. We are able to continue supporting Philip and Renee Murdoch in Brazil. They have planted hundreds of churches in the interior of Brazil. So when you give financially, these are the folks you're giving to Timothy and Phoebe Wong in China, which we don't have a picture. And that's not their real names. They're overseeing hundreds of thousands of believers in the underground church. You support them. Rick and Bev. I didn't uh, p- uh, put their last name because they, he had to go off the grid because of the persecution and. Um, pakistan and south asia but rick and bev who have uh, planted hundreds of churches and doing relief work over there you support them hope for the nations in liberia with the project of the acres of love in south africa for aids orphans and foundation for his ministry which is an orphanage uh in mexico we are able to continue to support all of these missionaries through covid because of you and because of you so thank you thank you thank you Okay, that's where we've been, that's where we are, and I want to talk about where we're headed. Our growth goal for 2023 is to see 100 salvations. Now, I don't think that's going to be hard at all, but it's not just 100 salvations right here, it's 100 salvations through you in your areas and circles of influence. And every time you lead someone to the Lord, you need to report back in, because I want, I want to see what Jesus is doing in our city. I want to see what Jesus is doing in our nation, don't you? And he's going to do it through you. All right. So at least a hundred salvation. We already got two. Right. Ben in ben Vega. Right. From Benny Right. All right. Ninety eight to go. Are you with me? All right. We want to see hundred baptisms. Uh, we saw have, we have a couple that need to get baptized. Still, you're going to get water baptized. And we lost eight. And Aiden Aiden's going to get water baptized. Uh, we want to see 50 people complete our spiritual growth track. We want to see 90%, 90% of our congregation in connect groups. Numerous outreaches to our immediate community. I'm in touch right now with uh, the mayor and the city manager of Escondido. We're going to be meeting with them to find out what the needs are in our immediate community so that we can roll up our sleeves at the Gathering Place Church and start blessing this city. Amen? Amen. Amen. We have spent the majority of the time we've moved in here getting our church right, getting our systems right, getting uh, our you know, getting staffed and uh, provided for here. So, you know, you don't want to invite somebody over for a party and your house is a mess, right? So we've been getting our house in order and it's in order. And now we're going to invite the city to the gathering place church. And we're going to go out into the city as the gathering place church in the name of Jesus and bless this city. Like we've done every town that we've been in so we're going to do numerous outreaches we're going to continue our international support as well as i would like to i would like our finances to increase to where we'll be able to adopt an unreached people group in the world we did it once in ethiopia the rc romo people and um we want we want to we want a new unreached people group on the planet that the gathering place church can adopt that's people who have never heard the name of jesus can i hear an amen and Stephanie's going to be taking teams. Um, Stephanie's going to start taking teams again, um, probably to India, but we'll see. And uh, you'll want to go on one of those missions trips. And we, our, our growth goal is to have at least 200 people attending the Gathering Place Church right here by the end of 2023. Amen? Amen. So what's your part? There's four things that you can do that will help make this come to pass. One is to gather. The Bible says, do not forsake the gathering of yourselves together as the manner of some is seeing the day is approaching. Now I know some people cannot gather because they are uh, shut in or you have, you have some kind of a, a situation where you just can't, but some people just got out of the habit of gathering. And this is not the Lord's plan. The Lord's plan is for us to gather together so that you can be a blessing and that you can be blessed. Prophesy over each other, pray for one another, support one another, get into a connect group. Gathering is critical. Right now, Jesus is restoring his church so that he can use the church to save the world. Revival is not for the world, revival is for the church. Revival, the word to revive means to come back to life again. So that's what's happening right now around our nation. The church is being revived, believers are being revived. I got revived. In the middle of COVID, I was on life support spiritually, emotionally, mentally. As I told you, 25% of my colleagues were quitting or quit. It was brutal for pastors going through COVID and to stay in place. And it was only Jesus that kept me right here. And he breathed a new life into me. I can't believe the vision I have, the passion I have, the clarity I have, the hope I have. I know it's not from myself. I know it's from him. He breathes on me. He breathes in me for you. I've told him to quit. I've told him more than once over the last 40 years. When I'm out, I'm done. I did my tour of duty. I'm going to go do something. I'm going to sell cars, do something, right? And, and, and. And he just goes, whew. I'm like, stop that. I get excited again. I get vision again. I get passion again. Love for you. He just, mm. gather. We got to gather. Now, secondly, is to grow. Growing spiritually. You've got to gather and you've got to commit to your spiritual growth, your own personal spiritual growth. You've got to stay tight with Jesus and grow, grow, grow. Thirdly is to give, which we'll talk about in a minute. And fourth is to go. Everybody say go. Okay. Say gather, grow, give, go, gather, grow, give, and go. Say it again. Gather, grow, give, and go. Do you want to be on the bench or do you want to be in the game? Huh? Okay. Let's say it again. Gather, grow, give, and again, gather, grow, give, and I want to hear it. Gather, grow, give, and go. That's your part in 2023 to see our growth goals come to pass. Jesus' growth goals come to pass. Commit to gathering. Commit to growing. Commit to giving. And commit to going. This last piece on go. Everybody say go. Go. Matthew. Okay, this is missional versus attractional. I want you to get the difference here. Attractional is when we do things to attract people to our church and we need to do that We need to let people know there's a church meeting in a car dealership Like one of my pastor friends came off the south 15 ramp right there and he saw Our church He didn't know we were meeting here and he texted me and he said What's a car dealership doing meeting in a church? (laughs) People don't know we're here So we definitely have to do some attractional stuff. But what's more powerful than attractional is missional. Missional. What is missional? Missional is when you go. Not bring, though you need to do that, but you go. Let's look at that Great Commission again. The thing that's been happening for 2,000 years. Then Jesus came and said to them, All power in heaven and earth is given to me so go. Not so sit, not so watch, not so be entertained, not so periodically come to church because you got other things you're doing. Not periodically. Oh yeah, I should be telling my friend about Jesus, but you know, I don't really want to do that. No. He said, Jesus said, go, go and do what? Go and make followers of all people in the world. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach them to obey everything I've taught you, and I will be with you even to the end of the age. I was in a conference uh, two weekends ago, and one of, the, one of the speakers, well, first of all, I was at a lunch. Oh, man, I was in a lunch with um, uh, Chris Vallotton from Bethel, and Miles McPherson, and Ed... Uh, Noble from Journey Church in East County, Robert Herver from All People's Church. Uh, and there are a couple other guys from different churches in San Diego. And then there was um, a guy who started a movement in the Jesus movement in the 70s. It was a movement called Hope Chapel, which has more churches than Calvary Chapel and Chuck Smith did. They all started at the same time. They all knew each other. And he said, he was, he was at the conference and he and I spoke later and he said, look, we didn't do anything to attract people to our church. He said, I went to Hawaii on an island that had 4% Christian. It was 4% Christian when he arrived and he led someone to the Lord. And then he taught them how to lead somebody to the Lord who taught that person how to lead somebody to the Lord. And then he went to another part of the island and led somebody to the Lord and then taught that person how to lead somebody to the Lord who taught that person how to lead somebody to the Lord. By the time he left the island, it was 70% Christian. It's because every disciple, the disciples making disciples, that's what Jesus has called you to. If you're bored as a Christian, it's because you're not leading anybody to Jesus. Nobody's depending on your spirituality. You're not discipling anybody. You can't be discipling somebody and be bored because they're asking you questions that you don't have the answers to. And so you've got to go seek God. One of the things that keeps me on fire is you guys because I have a responsibility to be on fire. You don't want to... Do you want a lukewarm pastor? Do you want somebody who, who is not operating under the anointing, or the power of God, doesn't have any wisdom to offer you when you get up on a Sunday morning to come to church? Well, people don't want that in you either when you go to work and you go to school and you're hanging out with your friends, and with your family. You see, again, I don't pray for opportunities. I take opportunities. I want you to do the same thing. Say out loud, I'm a green light Christian. I'm a green light Christian. Say it again. I'm a, green light I'm a green light Christian. Say, I'm not a yellow light yellow. and I'm not a, light. not a red light. Say, I'm a green light Christian. Green light. He said, go, didn't he? He said, all authority in heaven and earth. I bought salvation for the whole world. Now you sit in church, pay your tithe so the pastor can go. No, that's why it's not working. That's reversed. I'm your coach. We're in the locker room right now at halftime. And I'm saying, go, 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 go. You're supposed to go, ah, ah, butt heads and then go out of church. Okay, I'm going to show you this passage and we're going to get back to the giving part because every mission needs money. And so we're going to go to, I'm going to do the giving part at the end. I'm going to give you an opportunity to sow into this vision, sow into your church, sow into this city, sow into the kingdom of God. Gather, grow, give, and go. Say it again. Gather, grow, give, and go. If you wonder what's God's will for my life, I got to gather with the people of God. I'm part of the army of God. I'm going to grow spiritually so that I can be a blessing to those in my orbit. I'm going to give to the kingdom of God rather than my for no more. I want to be a giver in the kingdom of God. And I'm going to go and be an influence for Christ wherever I go. He called you the salt and the light of the world. He called you that. Jesus called you the salt and light of the world. And Then he said, but if the salt loses its saltiness, it's not worth anything. Your Christianity is not worth anything on the planet if you're not light and salt. If you're just like non-believers, there's no light there. They can't see any difference. And if you're not the salt, you're not preserving society through your character and your behavior and your attitude and your demeanor and how you work. Being the best employee at work. Showing up early. Staying late. Being, the, being a person of excellence. And people say... Why are you well because I'm serving Christ. The Bible says that I'm supposed to serve my boss like I'm serving Jesus. That's what makes us so excellent. In fact, Chris Valentine told this story. He was he was driving to church, the Bethel Church one morning and it was his turn to preach. And he grabbed the Sunday newspaper off his front porch, got into his car, and he stopped at a red light and the paper opened up. And The message that Sunday was going to be, we are an apostolic center. Bethel church is an apostolic center. Now the word apostle comes from the Greeks coined the term apostle. The Romans adopted that term apostle and used it for their uh, ambassadors who would go out from Rome and they would go out uh, into the world. And when they occupied a place, what they found was the place that they occupied kept their own culture. So even though the Romans uh, technically uh, owned or, or occupied different cities and towns around the world. Those cities and towns did not take on Roman culture. So what they started doing was they coined or they, they borrowed the word apostle from the Greeks. And they sent ambassadors. They sent their philosophers. They sent their musicians. They sent their uh, the culinary Uh, experts. They sent the influence of society into those towns, called them apostles because the word apostle means to take the DNA from here and take it over here so that this atmosphere, this culture becomes like this culture. That's what an apostle is. So that's why Jesus called his first followers apostles. That's what you and I are supposed to be. We take the DNA of the kingdom And wherever we go, we change that place, if we can, to be like the kingdom of God. So that was going to be his message. The paper opens up, and the headline was Bethel, or uh, Reading, the, the worst city in America. The crime rate, the economic devastation, I mean, it's just a whole list of why you don't want to move to Reading, And it just, it just broke his heart. And he said, we're not an apostolic center. We're not changing our city. We're not changing the culture. 10% it's a hundred, it was a hundred thousand populous city at that time. hundred thousand people, 10,000 went to Bethel. They said, we have 10% of the city going to our church and we're not changing the city. So he got up and he read the newspaper to the church. And then on Tuesday morning at the staff meeting with Bill and the rest of them, he read the article and he said, the problem is either this is not our problem or the problem is we don't think that's our problem. And so Chris, who oversees the School of the Supernatural at Bethel, he went to his students and said, one day every week you're going to go and I'm going to go with you and we're going to serve our city. And the first thing they did is they went to the city manager of Reading And said, Bethel Church is going to tithe 10% of our income from the church is going to go to the city. Now that city manager was like, I'll see you when I believe it. It took like three years of them tithing to the city for the city to just realize, you guys are serious about this. And they would see students from their school out sweeping streets and picking up trash. And they did it for a, a few years. And then one day, Chris was standing on the bed of a truck. And he's talking to his students from the school. And saying, you're not just picking up trash. You're not just sweeping the streets. You are serving Christ. You're expanding the kingdom of God. You're the salt and light of the world. And there was uh, five people over here in suits watching. And he didn't know who they were. And when he got done, one of them walked up with tears in his eyes saying... I'm a city official. I did not understand why you were doing what you were doing and why your students are out here and they are doing it with such passion and doing such a great job. Now I get it. He heard the gospel of the kingdom. And so, a journalist from San Francisco, one of the most, you know, Un, unfriendly Christian cities in America in a, in, a, in a newspaper that's not favorable toward churches, or a journalist not, not, even, not even a believer and not favorable toward churches, wrote an article, and the heading was, "Is this reading or is this heaven?" And listed all the things that Bethel Church had done to make reading one of the most desirable places in the country to live. Okay. So I can't read this next scripture because I'm running out of time. So I'm just going to tell you what it, we'll tell you what it says. How many are familiar with the passage in uh, Ezekiel 47 where Ezekiel has a vision and there's water coming out from underneath the door of the temple and it's flowing out and the water, the farther the water gets, it goes from the ankles to the knees to the waist or to the chest, to the waist of the chest. You, anybody familiar with that? Raise your hand if you're familiar with that passage. Okay. A lot of you aren't. Okay. So in Ezekiel 47, Ezekiel has a vision. There's church and coming out from underneath the door of the church is this raging river. And the river is going from the church out into the world. And there's three things that you notice about this you got to read that is a uh, ezekiel 47 there's three things that you this is about being missional not attractional all right it's about being apostolic where you're changing your environment the river is running out from underneath now anybody know who or what the river is come on jesus said out of your hearts will flow rivers of living water this he spoke of the holy spirit who'd be given to those who believe right Okay, you got to track with me because I got to move quickly. The water flowing out from underneath the temple is the Holy Spirit. Jesus said in the New Testament, out of your heart will flow rivers of living water. The the river flowing out from underneath the temple of the church in Ezekiel 47 is living waters. It says that everything it touched that was dead came alive. It also says that the farther away from the church the water got, the deeper it got. Now, you got to catch that point. We think coming to church is where you're going to experience the greatest power of God, the presence of God, but it's not. It's just the opposite. We come here and get filled up, but when you go out, the farther away you get from the church, the deeper the water gets. Why do you think that is? Well, it's flowing flowing through you, but why is it deeper? Why does it get deeper? More dependent dependent on what? The need need is greater. Some of you are like, you get upset because somebody next to you gets an encounter with God, but you don't get an encounter, and so you think there's something wrong with your relationship with God. Maybe their need is deeper. You see, God is not like running an amusement park, right? It's not like, it's not like, Church is all about having an encounter. That's like, you know, just wanting to go to an amusement park and, you know, have a wild ride. Encounters are to counter something that needs to be changed in your life. Lukewarmness or sin addictions or depression or lostness of some kind or brokenness. An encounter with Christ rocks you and changes you and brings you back online, restores your first love, fills you with the Holy Spirit so you can go out and be a blessing. And so... The deeper the need, the deeper the water. That's why the farther Christians get away from church, the more power you're going to experience in your life because you're running into people that have deeper needs. That's a great word. Thank you, Josh. (laughs) So I'm going to challenge you to see everyone in your orbit as one who needs to be brought to the Lord, brought back to the Lord, or encouraged in the Lord. I want to say that again. This 2023 year, I'm going to challenge you to see everybody in your orbit, and your circle of influence, and in your oikos is called, as somebody who needs to come, be brought to the Lord, brought back to the Lord, or be encouraged in the Lord. If you will commit to that, In your circle of influence, you're gonna see more things happen this year through you than you have maybe ever in your life. Okay, so everybody say gather, grow, give, and go. Say it with me gather, grow, give, and go. One more time gather, grow, give, and go. All right, so now we're gonna do the giving part. Because for this mission, To be fulfilled, it's got to be finest. Every mission needs money. And so the giving. Our cheer is last year, our gross tithes and offerings were $470,000. Yeah, $570,000. I don't know why I didn't read it right. $570,000. That's better. I'm glad I didn't say it the other way around. That would have been a letdown. $570,000. That was $60,000 over our 2021 giving. So coming out of the pandemic, we gave so much in 2021, but in 2022, uh, the giving was up $60,000. Our challenge for this year that I want to challenge you and challenge me like Hope and I, we, we give too. I mean, we gave a good chunk of our income. Even in the middle of our situation, we know to give. We don't pull back when times are tough. We give more because God is not mocked. Whatever you sow, you're going to reap. They that sow sparingly, reap sparingly. They sow bountifully, reap bountifully. And so before Hope and I got married, she tithed and gave offerings. I tithed and gave offerings. We came together. It was never a question. To her and I, it's like oxygen is breathing. We just, because I was broke when God told me to start tithing, it was ridiculous. I was in business here in San Diego. We were going bankrupt And the Lord. I'd never heard of tithing. I heard the pastor talk about it. Give the first 10% of your income. And I said to the Lord, that's silly. I don't have any money. I said, but I commit to you. I remember being in the church service. I commit to you to give the first 10% of my income. It wasn't much of a commitment because I didn't have any money, but I meant it in my heart. The next week I produced more sales than the previous two months combined. By the end of the year, I was the top salesman in the nation for this multi-million dollar corporation. But it wasn't me selling better. It was me um, striking a partnership with Almighty God. And He's not a silent partner. He speaks. And it completely changed my understanding of what it means to walk with God in the area of finances. And so Hope and I uh, give to this church um, at least 10% of our income. And so our challenge this year is $870,000 in 2023. That's $300,000 over last year. Now, here are some things that will do for us. Oh, by the way, last year we brought in over $60,000 over 2022, 2021, but we invested over $100,000 into ministry. So we spent $100,000 more than we brought in. But here's where a lot of that money went to. First of all, we brought Josh and Daralee Hamilton on full-time. And that was a a good chunk of that. And I want to say this. If we didn't have Josh and Daralee on full-time at this church, we would not be where we are. Can I hear an amen? Do you appreciate these guys? Okay, and I'm going to be candid with you coming out of covid we knew we needed more help and so we decided we were going to bring them on full time josh had a lucrative job and uh and Daryl's homeschooling and 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 uh you know they they had the, they bought their home they they were they were in in their lane man but the lord they knew the lord was calling them in the full time ministry and we knew it was time to bring them into full time ministry but we didn't have The outgo or the income to do it. So, what we decided was for two years, we were going to pay them out of our savings. Our financial board is such a faithful, intelligent group, and they have done such a great job and stewarding our money so well that we have enough money in our savings uh, to pay them for two years. That two years is up in September. And so, we don't want to lose them. And so part of this financial goal is to keep Josh and dear Lee on full-time staff. We also started paying David Lotz uh, as uh, part of the setup crew. We also purchased equipment and supplies to make this house work. Benevolence and counseling for our members. I mean, coming out of COVID, the counseling has skyrocketed, but we're able to help people financially Here in the Gathering Place Church and outside of Gathering Place Church and do a lot of counseling The local and international benevolence and outreaches that we've been able to maintain and also we have an orphans fund And about fifteen thousand dollars from the orphans fund that we've had for a number of years was used So hope and sam could go back and be reconnected with his birth parents in vietnam And if you haven't seen the documentary that they go ahead go ahead. Yeah, that was awesome If you haven't seen that documentary, uh, you really ought to check it out. You can see it on Hope's Facebook page. she will have a link to that. So reaching our financial goal this year will enable to do this. Enable us to fully fund the GPC ministry staff, including the Hamiltons. Continue to meet the benevolence and counseling needs of our members. Fully fund our current and future missionaries and missions organizations. uh, Fully fund our local missional and attractional outreaches here in Escondido. Increase our advertisers so people know that we exist. Upgrade our website, which needs to be upgraded. Upgrade our children's ministry function and feel so it could look more like um, this. We can have our rooms here at the uh, Lexus building. Go ahead and the next one. Um, be much more kid-friendly and dynamic. And, um, and then we didn't need more storage for that because uh, we only have one unit here on the campus. So we had to buy another unit. Uh, youth Well, the youth camps, marriage seminars, parenting seminars, praise gatherings, freedom weekends, guest speakers, as well as continue saving toward our future permanent home. So that's what the $300,000 over last year's giving would accomplish. And so I want to ask you to give toward this $300,000 over last year's. So in other words, committing to a number or percentage over your normal tithes and offerings that you've given committing over and above that for 2023. So we can nail this financial goal. So I'm going to ask the ushers, if you guys, I have, we have, uh, these pledge cards, I'm going to have them pass out to you. And there's, there's, uh, four ways you can do this. One, you can, um, you can, uh, give a check or online or, um, texting today, just give a one-time offering towards this, or you can uh, commit to bringing or giving online or texting a certain amount on a certain date, or you can commit to giving a percent, uh, a, uh, a certain amount or percentage over your normal ties and giving on a consistent basis through through. Like, so if you give 10%, say so I want to give 15% this year, or you can, the last box is I am willing to pray about what the Lord would have me do. So, um, so before we do this, does anybody have any questions? This is kind of like turn, it's a little bit of a, this is a vision business meeting. So anybody have any questions before we pray over this pledge card? I call it a heart heart for the house pledge card. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so Phil uh, Williams uh, said to clarify that if we don't reach this financial goal, uh, we will not be able to keep the Hamilton's on full-time. That is part of it, yeah. Yes, Jerry.
1: I like how you're clearly explaining, because sometimes I think subconsciously we think, oh, we're sending the money to the pastor, like somehow you're getting all this money. Or something. Oh, I wish.
0: Yeah. But the money is not you, it's not yours. Yeah, it's not, it's the board, the church. yeah so Jerry uh, is saying that he appreciates the clarification that the money doesn't come to me and that I decide what we do with it. I'm an employee of the Gathering Place Church and the financial board sets my salary. I don't set my own salary. So they manage the money, your money, they manage it, and they're gonna be responsible to God for that. So, <laughs> so they manage uh, your money. Um, yeah. And from day one, we have given before I got a penny on my salary. Um, 10% goes out to the poor and to the missionaries. And we gave 20% for a number of years. We give 15% now out. Most churches give less than 1% to missions. We give 15% to benevolence and missions every year. Any other questions or thoughts? Yes. Is there a financial statement that goes out each year? Um, yes and no. We've done it consistently over in the past, and we can continue, we can start doing that again. COVID kind of blew things up, and uh, but yeah. Absolutely, yes. Do you, get, do you keep track
1: of who gave what? Do we keep track of who gave what?
0: Oh, you mean on this pledge card? Oh, in general? Yeah, and we come to your house if you're not giving. <laughs> We meet with your CPA, and no, we don't. No, we don't. We don't. We don't keep track of who's giving. I, what I would like is for you to write your name on this card, if you would. You can do it anonymous if you want, but if you wrote your name on the card about what your pledge is, uh, that would be helpful. Um, yes, Gary. The church keeps track of tithes and offerings, and that's how we get statements out. We don't really focus on it. Yeah, the church, the uh, the the board keeps track of tithes and offerings, and. And of course, you get, a, you get a letter in the mail every year saying, thank you for your giving and this is how much you gave, but uh, that's not what I'm spending my time doing. Any other questions? Okay, yeah. So, um, and online, uh, you are allowed to participate in this as well. And so you can give online, you can give by texting or going to the website. Uh, here in the house... Um, if, to, if you're going to turn your card in today, uh, Van, not Van and White, but Van White is back there. See, David? And there's a box back there. You can just drop your card in it. And uh, that way we'll see, we'll be able to track um, how close we're getting to the goal. Now, I want to say this last thing before I pray for you. And then uh, I'm going to have Mark Myers come up for a second and talk to you about Thriving real quick and what that organization is about we have never done this. Um, we rarely talk about finances on a Sunday morning from the pulpit. I felt impressed by the Lord to do this because, um, I believe the Lord has vision and purpose and mission for our future. And every mission takes money. I remember talking to a lady that, that, um, that gives a lot of money to ministries And when I met with her, I said, look, I just want you to know, uh, we're not about your money. You know, we're about loving you as an individual, just like anybody else. And she spoke back and said, even Jesus had wealthy men and women who followed him and financed his his ministry. She said, every mission needs money. Every ministry needs money. I said, well, I, I couldn't agree more with you, but it's just not what we focus on here. We focus on spiritual growth, but we want to reach our city and our world for Christ this year. And so it's going to take um, money. So, yes, Mark. Just quickly. Yeah. For those of you who don't know who Mark is, Mark is uh, one of the associate pastors here at the Gathering Place Church. He's been with us for, I think, about 100 years now.
2: It <laughs> just feels like 100 years. Feels like 100 year.
0: 22 just, years. 22 years.
2: Some of you are feeling a, a, a lack of ease on this subject. And one of the main reasons is... Uh, we live, under a, we live under, under a cloud of performance Christianity. I'll be loved the better I behave. And uh, we do everything we can to dispel that. That's religion. So I want you to know this, is that we don't know what you give. I don't ever want to know what anyone in this church gives. Because my temptation would be to treat you differently when you give more. Which is disgusting so it's just best that we don't know so just understand this whatever you give is whatever you give Uh, nobody's keeping track of you so
0: uh yeah just wanted to say that yeah and paul said don't give out of pressure he said give joyfully from the heart god loves a cheerful giver i'm just letting you know what the needs are in your church and inviting you to participate Um, but this isn't manipulation and it's not pressure This is an invitation. Uh, Mark, will you come up and talk about thriving real quick? And then I'm going to pray. And uh... go ahead. You're going to clap over this? I love that. Go ahead. God loves a cheerful giver. Oh, you're clapping for him. Oh, okay. I thought you were clapping for the mission.
1: So how many of you, if I said to you, you can have $250 to use for outreach, however you see fit, and there's no, it's free to you. How many of you would say, okay? Yeah, that sounds like a great. So this is something I did last year that was very easy. I'm glad I did it. I got $250. Um, Thrivent, if you, Thrivent, as John mentioned, gives its its money away, gives a lot of money away each year. And if you're a customer of Thrivent, and I'll leave out the details of all that involves, but if you're a customer of Thrivent, you're eligible every year to apply for and get $250 to use for outreach. I did that last year. I opened a savings account with their credit union and just put a nominal amount of money in. We're not talking about thousands of dollars. We're not even talking about, you know, like $10, something like that. You're eligible to apply for and get $250 every year to use for outreach. It's not money that goes in your pocket. It's not money that you can drop in the offering at church but you can choose how to use it and i did i put it towards our operation christmas child project you could do an outreach with your connect group you could do an outreach in your neighborhood you could bless people with it in a lot of different ways so if you're interested in that uh, michael will be outside in the Michael, can you stand for
0: a second and let everybody know who you are okay great
1: and you should meet by the way you should meet him anyway because he's a really nice guy but uh thriving is a big financial services company but this is within reach of everyone
0: well they are thriving is the only nonprofit in fortune 500 companies they have a very 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 unique structure well as i said they don't pay taxes they have to give the money they give to the government to the churches so the weekend can, can give it away to christian projects it's just amazing we never promote companies or businesses from the pulpit. This is very unique. Nobody's getting a kickback on this. And all you have to do is open up a savings account. And you automatically get 250 bucks a year to give to Christian organizations. It's, like, so simple. So Michael will be out in the lobby to be able to talk with you. Yeah, they you? sent me a
1: prepaid visa, and I just put put our uh, supplies on it. Yeah. And
0: that's the only reason we're talking about it today, because it's, it's, it's just smart. So... I want to pray with you, and this is where you're going to give your normal tithes and offerings, because we didn't do it at the beginning of the service, but also your pledge card, and I'm going to pray for you, and you're going to ask the Lord what he would have you do, not what John would have you do, but what Jesus would have you do, then we're going to stand, and we're going to do our offering declaration, which we have not yet done this year, as we present our tithes, our offerings, and our pledges to the Lord, okay, all right, here we go. Lord, I thank you for this faithful group of people that you allow me to pastor. I've been humbled since day one. The first offering that came in from this church, and I sat at my office desk, and I had your people's money in my hand, and I didn't even want to touch it because it was a holy thing. And Lord, you, from that day to this, you have always... Blessed us so that we could be a blessing. I just want to thank you, Lord, for allowing this church to not be a small blessing to the world, but we've been a big blessing to the world. And Lord, I pray for your people now, just like that day that I decided to tithe and I didn't have any money, but I committed it to you in my heart, and then you responded and you blessed me so I could be a bigger blessing. Lord, I pray the same thing for everyone here that is committing to you right now to be a blessing and to sow into your kingdom. Some have never tithed and they're going to start tithing today. They're going to cross that line. There's some that have been dealing with fear. Lord, I pray that you respond to them the way you did me so you can relieve their fears. That you will always provide for those who are sown into your kingdom. And, Lord, I pray for a multiplied return. I pray for testimonies that come in that just rock us, Lord. Financial testimonies as your people commit to giving toward your kingdom. Now, I just want you to be quiet for a moment. We're going to do this just for a moment. And just ask the Lord, say, Lord, what would you have me do? And just let him speak to you. We'll do this about 30 seconds. promise you from a guy who was broke and from the Bible that if you whether it's you're giving here in this deal or if you're just going to start giving to the kingdom of God, the Lord, you, the Lord will, you just can't give them; He'll start giving back to you and you're going to say, wow. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Phil knows wow, you guys know. That's awesome
1: okay so let's stand
0: and let's do this declaration together come on let's all stand and i'm gonna ask you to take that pledge card and when you're if you fill out the pledge card put it in the box on the back on your way out if you're not ready to turn it in today just hold on to it and you can turn it in when you're ready to turn it in but i would like to be able to uh, see the pledge cards as they come in so we can see um, how close we are to our goal but let's hold that pledge card and let's make this declaration together as the body of Christ. and on, online. You do it with us as well. All right, here's this. We're going to read a scripture and then we're going to do a declaration and then we're out. All right, here we go. Let's say it out loud. I am the Lord all powerful and I challenge you to put me to the test. Bring the entire 10% of your income into the storehouse so there will be food in my house. Then I will open the windows of heaven and flood you with blessing after blessing. I will also stop the devourer from destroying your crops and keeping your vineyards from producing. Everyone of every nation will talk about how I have blessed you and about your wonderful land. I, the Lord, all-powerful, have spoken. So there is our scriptural support for what I taught today. Here we go. Let's make this declaration of this Gathering Place Church. Thank you, Lord that as we joyfully give you our tithes and offerings and pledges in 2023, you will abundantly pour out blessing after blessing on us so that we will have more than enough to give to those in need and to promote the gospel of Jesus Christ. We are believing for heaven opened and earth invaded, storehouses unlocked and miracles created, dreams and visions, angelic visitations, grace, favor, and divine manifestations, anointings and callings, positions and raises, provision and resources to go to the nations, souls and more souls from every nation, saved and set free through kingdom and administration. Amen and amen. Let's give the Lord praise. Come on. Yes, Lord. Amen and amen. Amen and amen. Well, God bless you. I pray God's peace, God's favor. God smile upon you as you go and be the salt and light of the world. Amen. God bless you.